the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on this Saturday, January 15th, 2022. Welcome to our show, my friends. Our show, of course, is sponsored by Border Hawk News. If you want to know anything, anything about immigration and migrant patterns, not only locally, not only nationally, but across the, across the, the globe, Border Hawk News is the place to go excellent source for information, for news, for updates. Uh, let me remind everyone once again that our show is pre-recorded, so please, no need to call in for comments or questions or anything of the nature. You're free and welcome to, uh, of course, contact me through uh, email, through social media, through Facebook, Twitter, whatever way you want to uh, uh, just look for El Conservador, George Rodriguez, and you can uh, contact me. Uh, other than that, my friends, welcome to the show. Let me tell you who our guests are today because it is packed. Uh, we've got some great guests as usual. We have, uh, first of all, we've got uh, uh, State Texas State Senator Donna Campbell. Uh, I wanted to get her on because she uh, uh, just participated in this uh, legislation, legislative session that just ended this past um, uh, uh, year. And um, she has uh, been talking also about the issue of, uh, of a follow-up um, uh, session, a uh, second session, an emergency session, whatever you, may, you want to call them. Uh, they, um, there's still discussion about that, whether or not that happens, I'm not exactly sure. But we wanted to get her on and let her, and, and let her give us her opinions about um, what was good about the past session and what was bad about the sad past session, what needs to uh, occur. Uh, what goals uh, still need to be uh, uh, accomplished. Uh, you know, just various things of that sort. Uh, as far as the state legislation, we know that uh, the state of Texas has really, really been going gung-ho uh, on the issue of um, challenging the Biden administration on various things. Uh, so we wanted to get her to chat with us about it. Uh, our other guest is uh, Mr. Ira Melman, who is uh, one of the... Uh, heads over at the uh, Federation for Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C., <clears throat> FAIR, as we call it. Ira, I wanted Ira to come on because there have been several, uh, there have been some, some very interesting uh, situations that have arisen this past, this past week. I want Ira to talk to us about uh, three very, very important things. First of all, uh, I don't know how many of you have heard or have been keeping up because, I mean, there's so much going on constantly. But... Um, the Biden administration, first of all, is proposing to provide free uh, attorneys to uh, all the illegal aliens so that they can challenge uh, their deportation, so that they can challenge any any deportation that, that uh, uh, process that begins. Now, again, this, these are not free attorneys, of course. These are attorneys provided to uh, these illegal aliens by the taxpayer, by the federal government. So that's number one. Number two, you've got the situation in the city of New York, where the city of New York is going to uh, provide, uh, is going to pro uh, allow uh, illegal aliens to vote in their local elections, in their municipal elections. Again, my friends, what's the point of being a lawful legal citizen if illegal aliens have the same rights and privileges, i.e. to vote? I mean, if there is anything that should be held sacred, and I know that many conservatives out there freak out and say, well, it's a right. It's a privilege. It is a sacred privilege in my book. It is reserved for people that are, uh, that are eligible to vote. It is reserved for people who are citizens. That's the main eligibility. 
The second eligibility, of course, is that uh, you're a lawful citizen, that you're not uh, a jailbird. People in prison should not be allowed to vote. However, to the Democrats, anybody and everybody should be able to vote. Not only anybody and everybody, but anywhere and everywhere, even outside the United States. This is, this is an absolute uh, travesty, my friends, to allow illegal aliens to vote, to have the, the right. I mean, that is, if there is anything where you are rewarding illegal immigration, it is that, providing them uh, the opportunity to vote. Give me a break. The third thing that has been happening, my friends, is that you've got the state of California uh, allowing uh, the uh, allowing illegal aliens to uh, receive health benefits, complete and total health benefits, to be covered by the state health benefits. Again, my friends, what is the point of being a legal resident if you allow people that came into the country illegally that are here without permission to receive the same benefits, rights, and privileges? What is the point? And this is the headache that we've got, my friends, is that we're letting, we are allowing the erosion, we are allowing the erosion of citizenship. We are allowing the erosion of the privileges of citizenship. It, you know, citizens have rights, but, you know, th those rights can be rescinded if, you're, if, if you break the law, if, you are, if you're not a good citizen. On the other hand, if you're not a citizen at all, why should you have any rights? And this is, I mean, this is the travesty that we've got. The whole idea of the, uh, of the Democrats pushing for a federal election law, for universal federal elections, is so that they can uh, allow anybody and everybody to vote. My friends, if, if the federal government dilutes the idea of being a citizen, then the federal government doesn't care about you being a citizen, which I guess is the reason why they open up the borders and allow people to come in at random. I mean, if this government, if the, this administration doesn't care about the idea of people being citizens, well then, you know, it's up to the citizens to rebel, to say something about it, to vote them out. Because if it, it, the whole idea of citizenship then begins to have no meaning whatsoever. And this is where we're headed. This is where we're headed. The final guest is um, Congressman, U.S. Congressman Tony Gonzalez. Um, and uh, the congressman uh, has the largest border with Mexico of any, any congressional district. Uh, I reached out to him because um, he made the comment recently on... Uh, uh, in the in the press, that uh, he supports um, uh, uh, immigration reform. Now, I wanted him to give us a clarification of what does that mean to him, because many of us know that uh, immigration reform has been something that the Democrats have been pushing forever, and um, they push for immigration reform, which in their book means uh, a, a pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens. Uh, on the other hand. Uh, never do they speak about enforcement. Uh, so I wanted to get the congressman uh, to uh, come on the show and talk to us about that. Also to talk about inflation in his in his district, my friends. Uh, Tony's district, Congressman Gonzalez's district, is huge, very rural, huge. It is the size. Uh, it is bigger than than the state of Connecticut. And uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that people are 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 suffering from the gas prices and inflation in his uh, in his district. So I wanted him to chat with us about um, uh, the issue of, uh, of, of that of, of uh, uh, the price of gasoline and the rest of the inflation that's been going on. Because of course, the Biden administration says it's going to go away soon. You know, while they print more money and while they keep giving out more uh, free money to people, uh, including illegal aliens. Um, so those are our our, our guests for today. Uh, let me again, my friends emphasize to everyone that this is a pre-recorded show so there's you know you don't need to call the the station you can contact me through social media uh, we are sponsored by border hawk news if there's anything anything that you want to know about the uh, about uh, uh, immigration patterns migration patterns anywhere in the world as well as here in the united states border hawk news is the place to go and uh, and and uh, read get updates etc etc so again 
Welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you for being with us today. Please call your friends and tell them to join us. Uh, we've got a great program as usual today. Uh, we want to emphasize to everyone again that, uh, you know, if they're, if you're interested in, in inviting me to an event, to speak, to what, uh, to, uh, or if you want to purchase one of my books, please feel free to go to, uh, to uh, uh, anywhere they sell books and order El Conservador, Conservative Movements. So without further ado, let's go to our first guest. Thank you once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism. Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, first of all, let me um, ask everyone to please forgive my voice. My allergies were pretty bad uh, this past week, uh, this past weekend, but I'm feeling a whole lot better. Um, And appropriately enough, we have as our guest today, uh, Dr. Donna Campbell, uh, from the uh, from our district right here in San Antonio, state senator, and uh, of course she's told me to take some precautions, and uh, we'll ask her about that as well. But I wanted to reach out to her and talk to her about uh, this past legislative session uh, that uh, happened in two twenty in twenty twenty one, and uh, chat about a few other things. Senator, thank you for coming to on our show. Uh, talk to us about uh, last uh, the last session in 2021. What do you think was was, uh, good and and bad about it? Well, I thought, um, and and George, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I love the audience that you reach. It's wonderful to be around folks with a kindred spirit, and I do hope you start feeling better. (laughs) Thank you. The, you know, last session was quite unusual. We, I think, just historic, because when we started, there was nothing but plexiglass, social distancing, masks everywhere, tents up for testing, no visitors, BTS everywhere, because of course, you know, the summer before and the end there of 20, we were seeing, you know, riots around our nation, and we didn't even know what to expect coming, you know, with a new session starting. There were a lot of BTS, National Guard, and there were fewer bills filed than usual because the thought was, and turns out to be true, we really didn't have that much space to social distance everybody, yet still allow the public in. So we moved at a slower pace, and a lot of our staff worked from home. So just the, the landscape of the Senate was quite different. But because of the winter storm, Yuri, the you know, winter nightmare that we had. Yes, in February. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and so many people were out there, electricity. We did a lot of work on the electric grid to support and prop up the electric grid. Everything from changing out the board at ERCOT, changing out the folks at the PUC, giving them more authority, making sure that ERCOT is everything they can do to get prepared for not only last summer, but also this coming winter and, you know, inclement weather in the future. So we spent a lot of time with that, trying to understand what happened and how we can weatherize our resources so that we don't have an outage again. And we prioritize. We ask them to prioritize and reach those that need to have electricity, that, you know, if electricity is going to be turned off so that we don't have failure of the grid, that that's done with priority. For example, most certainly our, our elderly, our nursing homes, and then electricity that's needed at the wellhead to get the gas 
from the wellhead to the generating, to the power plant. Well, you can't have that go be turned off, or you can't get fuel. To, you can't get the resources to the power generation, right? Right. So we spent a lot of time on the electric grid, and with that, we did get some other work done, which was so important. Or we started it. We had to finish things up in after three special sessions. But we did bring out election integrity. We worked on that. Didn't get passed till the third special session. We did pass our constitutional carry, which was very, very important. You know, whenever I first came in, I lowered the hours from eight hours to your concealed handgun license and to four. But I remember saying whenever I presented that in committee, our Constitution does not require any tests or any classes or any license, but until then, can we at least make it cut the hours down? So that was in my first session. This session, it was nice that we were able to pass constitutional carry. We were successful in stopping no boys and girls sports, K through 12, and I'll just sum everything to include the special sessions too. Yeah. Because it was all just, it started just all running together. Like, we've already heard that. We didn't get that passed, you know. But no boys and girls sports K through 12. That was very important. And so many people came up against that. But uh, we were successful there. You know, there's anatomically, there's just different strengths, different lung functions males and females and it is not a level playing field when you have males competing in female sports and you know it's very very strange how they how the left keeps pushing that that issue and then claims that we are not uh, we're the ones that don't know anything about about the science exactly because what i think they don't have a good argument with it so it doesn't have to be true it just has to be said and they get enough people believing what they say, and science goes to the side, and it becomes more about emotion or choice in sports. And that's not what it's about. It's truly about the physiologic differences and the ability to compete on as close to a level playing field. I mean, that's why we have... Uh, you know, Title IX sports and, and everything. So we were successful there, and I'd like to see us come back and work on the same thing in college. But at least we got no boys and girls sports, K through 12. The, um, uh, the upcoming session, uh, more than anything else, it looks like the Omicron virus, or the strain, should I say, Yes, is going to it's going to um, again raise its ugly head, and some cities and some counties are already um, uh, talking about a shutdown. I was reading where uh, the county judge in Harris County in Houston is talking about uh, a potential shutdown of uh, businesses and events and whatnot. Uh, what what are what are your thoughts on all of that? with local government going loco and shutting businesses down. That is not proven to stop the spread of the virus. We don't businesses down for the flu. The Omicron variant, while it's very communicable, is not as virulent. It doesn't cause as much serious illness. Now, saying that, we're hearing a statistic about how hospitalizations are going up and deaths are occurring, and I don't minimize the effect of any disease process, but I must say that all the diagnoses, the folks that are diagnosed hospitalizations with COVID or Omicron, a variant of COVID, that's not their primary diagnosis going into the hospital, and should they get what we call a nosocomial infection, which is where you get an infection once you're in, 
And so you end up with Omicron or a coronavirus. That wasn't the primary reason you went in. You went in for something else. And if those statistics could be separated, I think we would, well, I know we would see a definite difference in the reporting of those hospitalized because of COVID versus those hospitalized who got COVID while in the hospital. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. My my elderly brother passed away two years ago when the COVID uh, was first hitting. He passed away from a heart from heart failure, uh, but I had to fight with the uh, with the um, uh, with the county with the administration over the issue of um, they they listed COVID as uh, as the reason for it. Yes. And uh, it and was that's just not true. The federal government enhanced payment if there was a COVID diagnosis. Yes. It was outrageous, because, um, absolutely outrageous. Yes, absolutely. But I don't, first of all, I think private businesses have the right to do what they want. I don't think the local government should dictate closure of any businesses. I, I'm just against that 100%. If a business chooses to close or limit their hours, if they're open hours of operation because of limited staff, that's up to them. A business knows how to operate their business and what they need the best. So we we had a bill in the Senate didn't specifically address that, but it did address. And my I had a bill that was kind of rolled into that bill, but it prevents local government from mandating certain edicts on businesses. They, businesses try to say you need to pay a certain wage per hour. You need to be provide sick pay, personal time, regulated schedule, predicted scheduling. And that's really hard on businesses. And businesses will do what they need to do to keep great great workers, great employees. So I'm against I'm against that. The big cities coming through and trying to close down businesses again. And the governor's not I'm I'm very confident the governor's not gonna do that either. He's not gonna limit you know, at first when COVID came out, we didn't, you know, they didn't know what to expect with this virus. And science wasn't out there, and opinions were just all over the place. And now the science is clearer, but still, there's so many opinions that are disguised as fact. It's hard to sift through it all. It truly is. Trying to, yeah, people, governments are trying to make policy without thoroughly vetting the information and it's encroaching on our freedoms. Well, and and the and the media seems to um, fan the flames of fear. That's the other thing that hap- that's happening. Oh, you're so right. They I are, seem to. That better. They uh, do. We need to uh, we need to uh, to close out here. But uh, uh, what are what are your what are your, any final thoughts that you have for us? Um, well, I was gonna, let me. I, I think I got off on coke. I was going to. Oh, okay. Here's something really. Real quick that we did. Sure. I, for instance, we have a Lone Star Infrastructure Bill, and that protects, that was my bill, that keeps hostile countries, China, Iran, Iraq, not Iraq, China, Iran, North Korea, Russia, from tying into our infrastructure. It was going to be a huge wind turbine farm down in Del Rio, close to Del Rio, next to an Air Force, one of our uh, bases, and they would have been, if owned by Chinese, they would have been able to hook into our electric grid. Oh my and gosh. They, yes. Oh my do that. So I stopped that. I have a bill. It's called the Lone Star Infrastructure Protection Act. And then we had a child ID bill. I passed that. And that is just parents can get this child ID. It's an envelope with information on it that they can get from their school. And Take that information and keep it at home. And should the awful thing happen with their child with a duck that they would already have DNA and fingerprinting of the child. And then, of course, we, as I, I touched on briefly, the constitutional carry, we had the, I passed the bill that allows you to carry your gun in a hotel. Believe it or not, that, that wasn't, we couldn't get that done. But I got it done. And we put an additional $1.8 billion toward the border. I mean, that's... Excellent. Whole, Excellent. Yeah. And that was in addition to the $1 billion we already had. You know, we're just utilizing 
all the DPS workers that we can, the National Guard, and to show support and, you know, apprehend the illegals, the criminals. And one thing I want to try to do next session and researching it now is how I can stop solicitation of minors who are driving for the cartels. Oh, yes. And the human trafficking and the drugs, right? I mean, you are the expert yep. on the border. We, and we are seeing that all the time now. Lots of, lots of minors driving driving for the cartels. Yes, and I've got to see how I can try to put a squeeze on that. And since you are truly have an expertise in all of that related to the border, I just really would value your opinion and how you think I could do that. You got it. We will, I'll work with you. I'll work. And, since, and of course, since you're my senator, my state senator. <laughs> and it's an honor for me to be your senator and to work for all the people in our district. Texas, yes, but most certainly our district. You got it. Senator, we we uh, we need to close out, but we've been speaking with uh, with uh, State Senator Texas State Senator uh, Donna Campbell from the 25th District here in here in uh, the great state of Texas. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us, Senator. Oh, it was my pleasure, my pleasure. So, wishing everybody a great and healthy, prosperous New Year. So, stay safe, doctor's orders. You got it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio in San Antonio. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Ira Melman, from the Federation for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C., FAIR. Uh, and uh, I wanted to reach out to him because um, uh, it, it, the disturbing rewards, the distur- disturbing approach to illegal aliens uh, illegal immigration, should I say, by the Democrats continues. Uh, they continue to reward it by providing benefits, rights, uh, privileges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, the latest is uh, they want to um, provide free lawyers, as well as they want to uh, provide uh, them to uh, vote in New York City and in California. They want to provide uh, health benefits. Ira, welcome to the show. Talk to us. What the heck is going on? Well, you know, as you see, they continue to pander to a radical fringe of the electorate uh, that seems to want open borders, free stuff for everybody, including people who are in the country illegally, and ignoring the fact that the American public has made it very clear that they want none of this. Uh, you know, if you look at all the polls, uh, you know, the president's numbers, especially when it comes to immigration or underwater, uh, there has, you know, disapproval at the local level. Uh, both, you know, we saw that in the elections in November in Virginia, in New Jersey, uh, a couple of other places. And, and, you know, you're also seeing it in the fact that people are picking up and leaving a lot of these jurisdictions. Uh, you know, the combination of just bad policy uh, and also the pandemic, you, California, New York, they're bleeding population. Uh, people are picking up and moving elsewhere. Uh, so it, they're still not getting the message. Uh, and I guess they're trying to solidify the base among the people who are, who are still there uh, in those places. Uh, but, you know, it, it isn't going to work to their benefit and certainly not something that is beneficial to the American public. The, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like they continue want to continually want to reward bad behavior. Uh, you know the the decriminalization by district attorneys and of, of crimes uh, all over the place. But then this whole issue that um, you know you reward illegal aliens with benefits. I don't. I just don't don't get that that thinking. I, I don't get it either. Uh, you, you know, you would have to start to talk to some of these folks, like you know the new district attorney uh, in Manhattan, who has basically you know. If you now go and commit an armed robbery in New York City, it gets uh, you get charged with petty larceny. Uh, th- these are the sorts of things that are going on. It has the American public scratching their heads. Uh, and as I said, you see people are picking up and, and leaving these jurisdictions because they've had enough. Uh, so, look, I mean, maybe what they're trying to do is carve out these places where, it, you know, you, you've got people who share their ideological beliefs and, you know, everybody in those jurisdictions who isn't the victim of a crime uh, is happy and feels good about it, but again, uh, this does not seem to be the way uh, you necessarily want to run a local government. Uh, you know, these days, if you want to see 
uh, how to run an effective government. You look at what California is doing, you look at what New York is doing, and then you just have to do precisely the opposite. Uh, you know, that might be the secret if you want to run an effective government. Just watch what they're doing and do the opposite. <laughs> That's very, very true. Now, um, in speaking to um, this past weekend to some uh, Border Patrol agents, uh, their morale is still continues to be very, very low. I mean, they're, they, um, I mean, they're, they basically are not asked to do anything that they are were hired to do. Right. Not, not only are they asked to do anything, they can get into trouble if they actually try to do their jobs. Uh, you know, it, it isn't just that they're sitting around uh, collecting paychecks. If, if they actually want to go out there and earn them, they're going to get flack from the people above them. And that's obviously a morale-destroying kind of uh, work environment. Nobody wants to be told not to do their jobs, uh, especially when they see that there's a pressing need. You know, these are folks who went to law enforcement because they want to actually do something to protect their communities, to protect their country, uh, and they are being told not to do it, um, it, which, you know, I don't blame them for having low morale. Uh, Again, you know, you're seeing a lot of these folks quitting, moving on to other careers, uh, and, you know, that that is certainly something that I understand at a personal level. If you're not being able to do your job, you want to go and do something else, uh, but it doesn't serve the interests of the country. But that's precisely the point here. Uh, You know, what we're seeing down there at the border is not bad policy on the part of the administration. Uh, I mean, it is bad policy, but it's not malfeasance. It's not incompetence. This is the plan. They they don't want the borders enforced. They don't want the laws laws enforced. And they're doing everything they can to make sure that that it doesn't happen. You know, it uh, it, it seems like they have effectively defunded the Border Patrol without um, defunding them. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the rallying cry was um, abolish ICE, abolish the Border Patrol. Uh, they haven't done that, you know, in a through abolishing the agency entirely. Uh, they've just ba- basically taken away all the responsibilities so that the folks who are still working there have nothing left to do. So uh, they've essentially abolished these these agencies uh, by simply taking away all, all their responsibilities. Now... What um, what was the final estimated count of, of illegals that entered the country this past year? Yeah, in the fiscal year that ended on September 30th, uh, it was 1.7 million, which was uh, you know the highest n- number uh, in recent memory. I mean, certainly within the, certainly in this century, it was the highest number. Uh, and you know, we shouldn't be surprised if you look at the policies that this administration put into place when they came to office last January. Everything indicated that it was time to come to the United States illegally. Uh, you know, they stopped construction of the wall. They reinstated the catch and release program. Uh, they scrapped an agreement with Mexico that required people who were seeking to, uh, to um, file an asylum claim to wait there until they can make their claim and have a, some determination whether there's any validity. Uh, there were agreements with the Central American governments that they scrapped. Uh, so everything they have done sends a clear indication to people that if you come here illegally, you will be rewarded. And apparently once you get into the country, uh, you know, California will give you free health care. Uh, uh, New York will do all sorts of things for you. So, uh, you know, all the incentives are there. Uh, you know, I don't blame the people who are coming. Uh, obviously, people shouldn't be breaking the law. But when you have a government that makes it clear that there's going to be no negative consequence to violating our laws, and in fact, there's going to be rewards, what else can you expect? Exactly. Exactly. The um, uh, I was talking to a San Antonio police officer friend of mine the other day, uh, who has been dealing with a situation where an illegal alien has been victimizing uh, a uh, disabled, fixed-income, elderly woman. Uh, he uh, somehow finagled himself into her life and has been taking advantage of her. Uh, she has filed to um, have him arrested. They arrested him, but they will not deport him. In fact, he was told, the police officer was told, that ICE will not even... Um, come to the Bear County uh, uh, jail to pick him up anymore. I mean, this is outrageous. Well, it, this is exactly in keeping with the memo that Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, put out a few months ago. Basically, he told uh, ICE officers that unless somebody is a violent criminal, uh, and even then, uh, with certain restrictions and caveats, uh, that they're not interested in removing anybody and don't go out there and even bother to arrest them. So uh, under the uh, the edicts put out by Mayorkas, 
understand this. We have, in some cases, district attorneys who uh, are minimizing crime, while at the same time we have the, a federal government that is allowing criminals into the country and protecting them. Yeah, uh, you know, we, a couple of years ago, you know, the, we were talking about, uh, you know, the sanctuary cities that have decided that they're not going to cooperate in enforcement of immigration laws. Uh, those were really the canary in the coal mine. Uh, what we have seen is that ideology has now spread uh, to all areas of criminal behavior. Uh, you know, if you, as I said, if you hold up a store in New York City uh, using a gun, uh, you're going to be charged with petty larceny. You're not going to get any jail time. You'll be back out on the street. You can do it again tomorrow. Uh, so it, I, I guess it, it is we're on the slippery slope here where we have basically said that our laws don't matter and we're seeing the consequences of that every single day. Uh, it's out, outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Uh, anything else that you'd like to share with us, my man? Well, um, look, I mean, it, we, we are in for a, a lot of challenges this, this year. Uh, you know, the, the Senate parliamentarian uh, essentially killed the immigration provisions of the Build Back Better bill before Joe Manchin uh, seemed to drive a silver spike into it. Uh, but we're not done with it. Uh, you know, it, it is going to come back. We need to be aware of the fact that, you know, it's an election year. Uh, the Democrats are nervous about losing both houses of Congress, and they are going to make an all-out effort to get their agenda through this year by whatever means necessary, uh, even if it means changing the rules of the Senate. So those are the sorts of things that we're going to have to keep an eye out for, because those can have long-term implications. You know, some of this other stuff, you know, there's always the option yet for district attorneys and other law enforcement officers to say, you know what, we're going to start enforcing the laws now. But once you've made uh, these sorts of legislative changes, it becomes much, much harder, and that's what we really need to be uh, on guard for. Wow, incredible. Uh, tell the folks where they can um, uh, follow and support uh, FAIR. They can go to the website, which is fairus.org. That's F-A-I-R-U-S.org, fairus.org. A lot of information there, and uh, God knows we're going to need people involved. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and we've been speaking with our good friend, Ira Millman, from, from Federation for American Immigration Reform. Thanks, Ira. Good pleasure. Thanks. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer, here in San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, Congressman Tony Gonzalez, a U.S. congressman from the 23rd District here in uh, Texas. And uh, I wanted to uh, get him on uh, early on in the year so that... uh, we can chat about, uh, get an update of what is happening in his district. His district is the largest district, uh, I believe, in the nation. And not only that, but it also covers the, the most expansive part of, uh, of the U.S. border with Mexico. So um, the issue of immigration and the border crisis is very much in his district. Congressman, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, tell us about uh, this idea, the, the uh, proposal that you've got regarding um, uh, I- immigration reform. Yeah, hey, George, thank you for having me uh, back on, and uh, Happy New Year. Um, you know, one of the things in, in this district is uh, nothing has changed. You know, uh, we're coming on January 20th is, uh, is going to be Biden's one year in office, and, uh, you know, the border has continued to be as bad as it's ever been, you're continuing to see historic uh, numbers. Border Patrol agents are completely exhausted. And uh, part of the things that I've been talking about is, 
immigration reform is long overdue. And immigration reform, to me, starts with border security. Uh, you have to have a secure border. Um, that It starts there. And, and one of the things that the administration should not be doing is uh, firing Border Patrol agents because of these vaccine mandates. You know, if you fire an agent, uh, you can't just turn the spigot on and create another agent. You know, there's backlog. It takes time to, to find the right people. It takes time to get them trained up. So, uh, you know, one of the pieces of legislation that I dropped is called the BASE Act, and it prevents uh, federal funds from, uh, from allowing, uh, from, uh, from uh, firing Border Patrol agents for uh, not complying with the vaccine mandate. That's step one. Right? you got to have boots on ground. And we really should be uh, increasing the number of agents, not finding ways to decrease the agent. But it starts with border security. The other aspect to me of immigration reform, but people that want to come and live the American dream, uh, I welcome that. I, you know, I believe the Republican Party welcomes that. We believe in legal immigration. It's this illegal immigration that we are completely against. And what has happened is the Democratic Party has gone all in on illegal immigration. The part that doesn't always kind of uh, make it out is innocent people, these people that are just trying to, to come and, and make a better life for themselves in many cases, are dying. You know, last year there were 557 migrants that died due to Joe Biden's failed border policy. Um, so we have to, you know, welcome those that want to come and, 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 and live the American dream. But it has to be through the front door, right? And uh, and I think there's a way to do it. But uh, so those are some of my thoughts. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I you know I, I think that it's very very critical that we discourage illegal immigration. I mean that's, that's number one. We discourage it. Uh, but uh, the Biden administration just seems to be encouraging it. <laughs> I know because you know if you reform the system and if there was if there was a way for people that wanted to come and and uh, and live the American dream, there was an avenue for that. Then you could go. You know what? You have if you if you truly want to come uh, to this country uh, for opportunities, you have this front door. And then what we could do is we could completely shut the back door. And you go. Everybody who's trying to come in through the back door is is not in one of those categories. But this administration is is missing the mark on it. But it starts with border security. We got to secure the border uh, because it impacts everybody. Everybody's day to day lives. Is turned upside down over this past year, and nothing has changed. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, and and the uh, you know the other issue is of course uh, you know the uh, that that uh, we're supposed to wear masks and we're supposed to do this and that mm-hmm. for COVID, and no one is getting checked at the border. <laughs> That's right. No, look, look. Uh, you know, uh, we got vaccinated, we wore masks, we social distanced, we shut down, we did all those things, and guess what? Nothing. You know, the, 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 uh, the virus is still here. Meanwhile, you know, folks, it, it's easier to come in this country than, you know, uh, than anything else. People aren't, they're not, you know, these, these, uh, these illegal aliens, they're not, they're not vaccinated. They, they don't have to wear masks or do these other things. It makes no sense at all. Uh, we got to start putting Americans first. God forbid we put Americans first. Yeah, really. Let me change gears a little bit on you because... Um, I was out in the, in your district uh, uh, last week, and, and um, I filled up my, ga- my, my gas tank and my, my truck, and um, uh, inflation is, is, I mean, it's got to be hurting your district because uh, yes. it's rural, it's expansive, I mean, it goes forever, I, my yes. gosh, uh, I can't believe, you know, it's got to be hurting the folks in that area. No, inflation is through the roof, and it is a very real issue. Uh, there should be no surprise that inflation is, is where it's at. You know, when you have a federal government led by the Democrats that uh, infused trillions of dollars, what do you think is going to happen? You know, there's so much money that is just being spent that has caused this. You know, that's the root cause of a lot of this is, is the uh, the money that's just getting thrown around. And, um, and it, it's hurting it, you know, it doesn't hurt the wealthy people, you know, because they're, you know, they're going to get gas. They're going to do all these things. They're not checking what the account is, is, is impacted. It helps the working class. And what has happened is more and more of the working class have turned into the working poor. 
where they, they do everything right. They abide, you know, they abide the laws. They, uh, you know, work, uh, you know, they work an honest day's uh, uh, work. And, uh, and yet here they are in, in poverty because of it. So it's real. And it, it impacts my district, certainly, especially a lot of the rural communities, like you mentioned, ranchers and farmers. Um, and it's, it's the wrong thing. So we got we to gotta stop the spending. We got to make sure that, that resources are going to the right places instead of these trillion dollar packages every other every other month. It seems. Let me let me ask you because you know you're a military man. One one more thing uh, huh. is uh, the concern across the uh, world of of America's readiness. Uh, you know we've, uh-huh. we've seen uh, the uh, Chinese uh, flex their muscles uh, yeah. in, uh, in in Taiwan and. We've seen uh, the Russians flex their muscles in the Euro- in Ukraine, and yes. uh, you know uh, how how prepared do you think we are? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great question. It's a very scary topic. You know, last year I traveled to Taiwan. I met with the president of Taiwan. Uh, I also traveled to Ukraine. I met with leaderships over Ukraine. I'll tell you, abroad, uh, those two places in particular, they're they're terrified. Because they know, uh, they know China, uh, China's aggression is real. They know Russia's aggression is real. And what bothers me, I spent 20 years in the military. I, I, you know, I retired a little over two years ago. It's not, I retired, it's not as if I retired decades ago. I, I just retired. And what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a, a military leadership that is more focused on being woke than preparing against our adversaries. I mean, these are people that hate us. These are people that want to destroy Americans, not Republicans, not Democrats, Americans. And, you know, uh, I sit on the Appropriations Committee, so, so these folks have to come and basically ask for money. And, and every time in, during these hearings last year, and I'll do the same this year, is, uh, you know, these different services are trying to talk about, uh, you know, diversifying and, and making everybody uh, different and special. And, you know, they talk about, black soldiers and, and, and brown marines and, and gay uh, uh, airmen and, 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 you know, all these different things. And, and I always ask them, hey, why can't we just get back to being soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines? Uh-huh. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, uh, all these other things. Like, why don't we just get back to focusing on protecting America? I think we got to hold them accountable because I see this, this woke movement that is through government in particular – uh, and it, it should not be that way. I mean, the military, for the longest time, had been had been insulated from that. We got to make sure that we push back against that because there's no room for that. I don't care the color of your skin. I care about that you're an American and that and that you are you know you believe in American values and you're protecting them uh, against you know these our adversaries. Yeah, I, I I really you know am not sure that the uh, that the Russian military has ever really cared about uh, about diversity. <laughs> hey, exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's uh, it, it's amazing to me that uh, that they worry about that rather than than the preparedness of uh, of our military to respond. Uh, I, I, I'm just not, I'm just amazed by that. Uh, I and, know, and you know, all these hearings, I'm always, I'm hearing equity, equity, equity. You know, uh, we we have to be more diversified, and all these different things. And and, and look, I, I'm I'm Hispanic, Mexican American descent. Uh, you know, I, I spent 20 years in the military. I, I get the value in having uh, diversity, but when you put diversity above readiness, that's an issue. That's yeah. a problem. And when you start trying to, you know, make everybody different, uh, that's the problem. You know, we I firmly believe America needs to get back to taking care of Americans. That's it. Let's start there. That's it. I mean, that's the whole idea of, of the military. Congressman, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we let you go? Yeah, well, from a political side, uh, you know, 2022 is the year of the Republican. My goodness. Um, you're, seeing, you're seeing, in the House in particular, you've seen 26 uh, members of the House on the Democratic side retire. And these aren't rank-and-file people. These are people that are chair, you know, uh, sit on, on very uh, important committees, and they've been around here a long time. This is going to be, I mean, you can, you can write it in stone. This is going to be Nancy Pelosi's last year in the House of Representatives, and I couldn't be more happy. And uh, it's, a very, it's going to be a very exciting year. I think Republicans are going to win. We're going to win big. 
Uh, and then, probably more importantly, when we take the house in 2023, the real question is, what are we going to do? We uh, got to yes. be ready on day one. Yes. Very, very good. Good thing. Good thing. I mean, it doesn't do us any good to capture it if we don't do anything about it. That's exactly right. That's exactly. Exactly. They don't play by the rules, and we certainly have to be ready. You know, I was very encouraged. Uh, last week, McCarthy did an mm-hmm. interview with Breitbart, and he goes, here's the deal. We're kicking Adam Schiff off of Intel. We're kicking uh, Swalwell off of Intel. You know, we're kicking Omar out of uh, uh, foreign relations. Excellent. So they've, they've, they've uh, kicked off some of our members, Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Paul Gosar and others, for various different reasons. When we take back the House, uh, you're going to see you're going to see some repercussions to that. Excellent. Uh, uh, I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. Congressman, thank you very much for ta- spending some time with us. We've been speaking with our good friend, uh, Congressman Tony Gonzalez from the 23rd District here in Texas. Congressman, keep up the fight. Thank you, George. Thank you. And take care. Thank you once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being supportive. I want to thank our guests, Texas State Senator Donna Campbell, uh, from FAIR, Mr. Ira Melman, and, uh, of course, Congressman Tony Gonzalez. Uh, thank you very much. I want to thank them for being on our show. Next week, my friends, we've got another packed pro- uh, program. We've got Congressman uh, uh, McCall uh, from the 27th District, uh, who's going to be visiting with us. Uh, his district uh, is near the border and is being impacted tremendously by the, uh, by the border crisis. So uh, we'll, we'll have a chat with him. Uh, so I want to thank you again for, for joining us today, my friends. Please tell your friends to join us. Support us. I would hope that you will support us in any way that you can. Uh, I hope that you will buy my book. I hope that you will... Uh, uh, invite me to come speak uh, at rallies, at um, events, at meetings, etc., etc. I'm more than free and available to do that. Just uh, contact me either through social media or through the station. There. So, my friends, once again, I want to thank Border Hawk News for their sponsorship, and I want to uh, thank uh, this station, KLUP 930 AM Radio in San Antonio, for hosting us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Till next time, thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.